Coming to you from the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains, Denver, Colorado, it's the Savage Cast, a Savage Worlds podcast brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Savages. Here are your hosts, Chris Savage Mummy Fox and Christopher Savage Bull Landauer. Oh, geez, we're back. How you doing fox i'm doing good what is this what is this craziness this savage cast where they can see our faces i i know i, I think this was a mistake I, I don't think we can take it back now but um what is done is done but we're, uh, we're, we're locked in right locked in <laughs> so yeah it's been uh man over a year since we we did the savage yeah. cast something uh anything been going on anything nothing fun? much man like I think last time we uh, rolled out a Savage cast, we were right about to run Halloween, which uh, was amazing success. Yes. And uh, we'll spend some time in a future episode going over like what we've been doing and where we've been. But basically, we've been doing lots of awesome things, folks. We uh, we ran the very first official Savage Worlds event, Halloween, to celebrate Holler and a bunch of other games. And uh, that'll be coming to Kickstarter, I think, hopefully later this year. We'll um, say eventually, right? Eventually, eventually. right? Eventually. Like, I'm not speaking in an official pinnacle capacity in that uh, prognostication on when Holler will be coming, but um, it's awesome. Um, we're going to get to uh, actually we're filming later this month another actual play for it. Oh, excellent. Um, so that'll be coming up. That's awesome. And then um, we rocked the very first Savage Cruise was amazing. We'll definitely do a deep dive on what we did there. Yes, and, we did. You can see uh, over over Landauer's shoulder there. Right? A little uh, 2020 Savage Cruise. Yeah, there's a. <sighs> Might be another one going on, but we'll uh, we'll get there. We'll talk right. about that. Eventually. Yeah, there is. There was another stream. If you check our, our video on demand for the uh, Savage Cruise 2.0, Savage Cruise 2022, um, will be awesome. Um, but other than that, man, like the, you know, we normally, for all the Savage Cast stuff, we get together in person in the same room, sit around the same table, and that's kind of our vibe. And uh, that and, like, you know, the whole pandemic thing kind of put a crunch in, in what we were doing for that. So we... Uh, Plus, we've been busy, so lots of stuff to talk about what we did there. But we'll we'll, we'll get that to you in a future episode. But uh, now we kind of want to just you know, bring back like there's there's really not an outlet talking about Savage World's current events currently, and um, so we want to go through the the Savage news. So the um, let's kick that off for this week. The Savage news, um, big release for Foundry. So if you guys haven't been playing virtually, that's the new hotness uh, given the pandemic. Plus- the Savage World v- v- VTT team, well, that's hard to say, has been killing it. They have, right? So there is an official Savage Worlds VTT team. They are putting out an amazing number of releases. Um, we're going to bring you some more content from them. I think we're going to call it Virtual Table Talk. And uh, so we'll get them on to talk about what they're doing and how all Love that it. stuff pans out. And uh, But until we get them on officially, we will definitely pimp their wares. And... Um, yeah, so, yeah found, I, so Foundry, Deadlands in Foundry, right? Is, yeah, have you tried Foundry yet, Fox? I haven't. I will tell you, I've watched some YouTube videos on it, but I haven't actually tried it. I am actually playing games online, but I am doing it somewhat low-key. I'm using Discord and a, pro, a program called Albo, Albear Rodeo. Nice. Yes, I can't, yes. I can't talk tonight. But yeah, it's... Uh, and I, I, it's worked out perfect for me because I can just run everything in Discord. I have Albert Rodeo 
with my maps. It's a very simple mapping program. It's got Fog of War. It's got all the all the stuff I need. And uh, until I can get back uh, live gaming, which is going to be soon, May-ish, that I'll be able to get live game. But it, it works well. Yeah, the so I haven't been in Foundry yet, but people love it. Like the the, the, the one, there's a lot of excitement around it. Um, obviously, Savage Worlds is well supported across the the the, the, yeah. the different platforms. But um, this one's pretty a pretty big deal. So apparently, Foundry has got a lot of macros um, that really speed the ease of using all the tables and character generation. So this one is a big deal. Um, it's, it's got a decent price point um, for what you get because it's. It's all custom macroed, um, which is very nice. So in, in this one, if you're curious about what's inside it, it's got all of the contents of the, the book, right? So you get all of Deadlands, the, the new Deadlands um, contents. And it, there's a fully functional character sheet that is um, macroed, so it's very easy to use. The um, All the original core artwork, so you can use that to throw up on the screen. Um uh, it's very pretty. I must admit, I, so I have seen it demoed and it is very, very pretty. Um, there's also, so seeing it demoed, the um, we might have another uh, AP coming up that will feature some um, Deadlands. And maybe we'll even get like Jody to play in it. So um, that is in the works too. But uh, it's got all the tokens in the pawns. So I mean, and there, you know, a bunch came with Deadlands, right? There's a whole box set. Like all of us who just got our boxes um, are tearing into those currently. And then <laughs> um, journal entries, the actors. Actors are kind of one of the things you can use for extras and enemies and wild cards um, in Foundry. Uh, they're all basically stabbed, statted out, and so they run very smoothly. Um, the All the tables. So every table that you can roll against in the book is macroed and statted out. So you literally can just pull up the table and run it. Um, the nice thing is that the um, there's custom marshal macros that you can run as the marshal. So you don't have to, um, like you can do it hidden. So like if you're like doing like random generation for like the adventure generator, there is an there is a, a standalone adventure generator macro, which is pretty awesome in and of itself, right? Like that's what, there's definitely ways where you can, if you want to just do the do-it-yourself VTT, you can kind of take the assets and figure it out. But all these macros are the hotness. And that's kind of really what you're paying for when you pick these up. So this one will actually roll up generators, the the adventure generator for you guys automatically. Um, and you can do martial ones where it like hides from the players. Um, there's even like the Manitou um, uh, functionality. So like when you have a character who has gone undead and is a herald, um, right. or if you're making a deal with the Manitous, there's actually a Manitou devil macro. Um, oh, nice. That's, that sounds really cool. And and of course it works in the Savage Worlds core. So like that's a pretty hot release. That's there's a lot of work that goes into these. I know people are kind of wondering about like, well, you know, the, the Savage Worlds core is this price and this is even more. I mean, there's a lot more going on here. You get that adventure generator, all this custom macros, and all those re require custom coding. Plus, like the foundry, it's its own company. So, you know, I know people were like, oh, well, why, why wasn't this included in the Kickstarters? And I think for, for Pinnacle, when, when we know and have these stuff ahead of time, you know, we try to work those into the, the Kickstarters. Um, but obviously this one's coming after I, the Kickstarter. I say this is such a huge, a huge release, too, and, and just so much work to be done to mm -hmm. get it all set up and working properly that, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, we knew, we knew was going to take some time. But really, when you when you think about it, it, it hasn't taken all that long. No, I mean, we're just getting, you know, hard uh, physical books now, and we're coming out with the VTT for it. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see, other stuff in the news. If you guys haven't checked it out, the um, 
Soundbooth Theater, they're a company that has been releasing on a really, really fast schedule a bunch of audio dramas and audio books for Savage Worlds. Uh, there's a very good collection already for Necessary Evil. And, very well uh, done. Very right? well done. High quality, uh, good stories. Uh, Shane's most recent, Fallen, uh, has just been released. So, you know. Right. And if you like Shane's writing, which I think you kind of will, if you're a Savage Worlds person, um, go check that out. They're very reasonably priced. I think Fallen is only two dollars. So, um, you know, very easy buy in. If you're, if you're curious on, on the quality, they do um, really good voice acting. And um, it might be fun to get those guys in an actual play, too. It's given that, you know, voice actors doing actual plays is kind of a big thing in the industry. Um, it'd be fun. So we'll that would look into that too, right? Like yep. so many ideas just happen from where we're sitting around just talking and BSing. So pick that up. Um, if you guys have not gotten into the online VTT craze yet because you're worried about, you know, the learning curve, um, check out on the current news, there's the Fantasy Grounds College. And there is a huge number of events there. Basically, you just sign up for them. They are all free. And um, the... Do you have the list of the current lineup, Fox? You want to go through those? Yeah. So they have uh, sessions on uh, GM 101 and Suede in uh, Fantasy Grounds Unity. That's actually tomorrow, Wednesday at 1030 Eastern, 730 uh, Pacific. There's a Weird Wars Star Wars game uh, on Saturday, April 17th. Uh, Savage Worlds, Worlds, Heirs of the Gods game, a content creation on Monday the 19th. And then a character creation 101 in Unity for Suede on April 19th at, it would be 8.30 uh, Mountain Time, uh, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. And you can go to their Discord server. It's the Fantasy Grounds College Discord server. The uh, Yeah, so the, again, all free on Discord. Learn how to use the, the, the stuff. Um Let's see other stuff coming out. So we're the on Twitch. Obviously, this is new. We're doing Savage Cast. We're bringing Savage Cast back, and um, so we'll be um, hijacking Peg's channel to bring some Savage Cast. Um, we're thinking what like twice a month, every other week. We'll kind of get together and yeah. talk about like the news, and and we'll get some aces and licensees uh, and swag folks on here to pimp their wares. And yeah. then um, Donald Shepis has got a great series that's been going on. I think this week, uh, which is Thursday, he's going to bring on um, Sean Roberson of Savage Riffs. And they're going to talk about running license and designing for licensed product lines. So obviously that, you know, Pipeg has done some big ones like Riffs and, and Savage Pathfinder. So that will be the discussion uh, this week. And then this last one is really cool. Have you had a chance to look, look, look this up yet, Fox, the Immortal? I have not. Okay. So like these guys are building a real-time strategy computer game that is currently on um, Kickstarter. Uh, but they've also released a free 32-page mini setting um, because they already have the assets and the art and kind of all the the, the character development. So um, it looks really great. So it's a free mini setting, kind of like we did the Kickstarters when Suede came out and afterward. So right. the yeah. Um, yeah, Sunspear Games are the folks who are doing that. Um, so check that out. It's all on peginc.com under the news. And um, with that, we have some special guests today. We're going to play our little intro before we bring them on the screen. But we have Sean Noakes and Mike Lafferty. Um, and they have an awesome Kickstarter that is in its final days uh, for a very cool setting called The After. And so we'll get into that um, momentarily, guys. And uh, if you have any comments or questions for us, hit us up in the chat, guys. And... Um, the uh, we'll get to your questions as we go. So uh, here's our little intro. Cheers.
boom. So let's see. Let's switch places. We we should put our guests above us. The, I was going to uh, say. So, I, I got to say, it's nice to hear that intro again. It's been a long time. So uh, welcome to episode forty-one of the Savage Cast, guys. We are joined by the amazing folks who are putting out the after Mike Lafferty and Don Noakes. Welcome aboard, guys. Hey, hey! Thanks for having us. I appreciate the advance notice so Sean I could grow out beards, try to fit in. Uh, there you I, go. There are a bunch of comments about the beard. So let's Thomas Board is, is impressed with our beard. Good beards. Uh, Murder Hobo Show says, let's be honest, one good beard and one little itty bitty fella. Wow. Oh. That's, that's some, that's that's some shade, Murder Hobos. The, uh, that, is, that is a savage take on your beard. Right? Uh, it is. Yes. I, I mean, one of us has hygiene and the other of us is just a trash panda uh, that hasn't like shaved in more than a year. So um, I guess that's the way that works. I mean, whatever looks good, man. Men look better bearded, I think. That's just my personal, you know. Um, as a connoisseur of both beards and men. So, you know, um, let's see. Troy says, hello, hello, Troy, 99. Welcome to the show, man. And, um, oh, he's just getting into Savage World. So welcome to the community, dude. Welcome to being yeah. a wild card. I think wild card sounds like a good community name. Um, so I think we're going to call folks wild cards from now on. I agree. I agree with that. The uh, Oh, Donald. Uh-oh, we're being watched. We're being watched by the company. Company man, spy, Donald Shepis is in chat. The uh, So, yeah, Donald Shepis is going to try out the Deadlands release. Um, I think so, too. Like, Foundry, like, that might be the one to, like, get involved in, like, learn a new system. So um, that should be awesome. So, guys, um, tell us. You have a Kickstarter going on now. It is funded, uh, but there are a few scant days left on it. Um, so tell us, tell us about the, the, the setting and the Kickstarter and um, the original pub, the, the book you got published and all that good stuff. So let's, let's start with Sean. Sean is actually the writer on the project. So, man, tell us, what, what did you write up for this Kickstarter? And, um, you know, just, just riff on it, buddy. Right, right. Well, uh, do we want to talk about the setting first? Uh, sure, yeah. Tell, yeah. tell right. us about the after. What is the after? Yeah, so the original setting seat uh, came from our, our uh, art master, John Gibbons, who is amazing. Uh, and he had this concept for a post-apocalyptic world that wasn't such a trash-out mess as most of the post-apocalyptic games that you play. Uh, so the after takes place in a world that has suffered not one but two alien invasions. And as a result of the alien invasions, almost all modern technology has been disabled. There are a bunch of weird areas called breach zones where the laws of physics are messed up and the, the dimensions kind of intercross and weird things happen. There are all kinds of strange creatures running around. And the upshot of what we do in the setting is, is we set it uh, out in the American West, near the mountains, in an area where, despite everything that happened, the environment stayed relatively clean. There are scary creatures around and scary effects and mutated people and, and all kinds of weirdness. But unlike a lot of other post-apocalyptic settings, there's enough clean water. There's enough food. Uh, there's plenty of space. Uh, so it's an opportunity for you to really, if you want to, run a game that you can make it completely gonzo and over the top, or you can really concentrate on settlement building and let your players make a change in the world. All the all the settlements we created are great starter points for them to really decide how things are going to be as they go up in rank. We thought that was a really exciting way to go after a post-apocalyptic setting. Yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, it, 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 it's... A lot of the post-apocalypse is kind of in like the worst times, right? Like the and, and great conflict and drama is great. You need it in games, and I, I think I'm, I'm a little bit worried about some of the the people who want to protest games too much. They don't understand that like 
content or conflict is where you get the game from. If everybody's just, if everybody has their needs met, if everybody has climbed up Maslow's hierarchy of needs and they're all self-actualized and have housing and, you know, everything's wonderful. There's not a game to play, right? There's right. Just what, what, are you, to, what are you going to do at that point? Right. What do you do? Right. And so I think, you know, being adults, as long as you enter it in good faith with other people, you can cover any number of issues. I mean, there's games that cover, you know, deep, depressing issues, harsh societal issues, um, you know, and, and, and then adding an element of fantasy also just gives us a little leeway to be like, we need, we're, we're creating here. We're, you know, we're not, we're not reenacting. We're not telling history exactly correct, that kind of thing. Um, so I like that the fact that, that, that this setting you guys have given, you know, unlike some, some kind of yeah, post-apocalyptic, it's you, you, you do have all the conflict. I mean, you, you literally had multiple, multiple alien species have, have invaded and left. And it's like, you know, there's, there's this, this, you know, um, you know, the world is new, but you also have opportunity, right? So like the, the challenges are a little bit different than just, you know, grimdark. And, um, and that's exciting. I think, um, I, I played a game that was definitely one of the like your your characters have been in vaults for so many generations and you open up and you come out of the vaults. What do you do? And that that's fun. I mean, it's, it's exciting to be able to have the same sort of, you know, character based world building. Like, let's build a settlement. Let's build a, a base. Let's do this. Let's be these people. Let's be mail carriers and, you know, you know, find a niche that can we can figure out like what to do in this new world. Are we are we saving people? Are we saving ourselves? So that I mean, that's really fun that you guys have kind of uh, have a really rich slate to be able to interact with um, with the world. So I, I like that design choice. And John's art was such a good springboard mm -hmm. to jump off of. It's so evocative. It, it made it really, amazing. yeah, really easy and fun to write for the setting. Right. And it's very, I mean, very evocative of like concept art that a lot of, you know, AAA game companies use to bring their worlds to life. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, same quality, same kind of evo real evocative. The color palette's really kind of fun. Um, so, so Mike, as a, a publishing dude, um, what's it like um, getting out a successful setting, doing round one, and then returning to that well and pushing additional product? I mean, like that's a lot of people never get there, right? They, they get the one. A lot of people never even get to the one. Um, you guys successfully got the one out and now are keeping, you know, the, 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 the content alive, right? Look at that book. Look how nice that book is, right? Mine's actually, yeah. on, uh, mine's actually on, on the bookshelf right behind me. Yeah, it's it, the book came out really nice. Not to interrupt, but the print job is fantastic. Oh yeah, so, and I even got I even got the soft the the, the soft backed and it was it's great. Yeah, we were happy that it turned out so well. John had wanted to go with hardcover only, just because he's like, well, this is you know this project deserves it, and that, that was great. But we really needed to do something for the fans so that it was more accessible, just price wise. So we went with that. Um, yeah, as a publisher, it was great. I really was wanting John to let me name this project, you know, the After Two Electric Boogaloo, and he wouldn't, and I was heartbroken. <laughs> awesome. But we went Tales from the Trail, and um, you know, it, we've been working on this. Oh God, three years. Um, and, you know, John and I had a very specific idea, a certain kind of Western that you haven't really seen post-apocalypse. You know, it was going to be, didn't want to be in the same wheelhouse as Deadlands. We wanted to go very specifically for like the Revenant or, you know, that kind of frontier feeling Western, maybe kind of like uh, the outlaw Josie Wales, where it's grim, it's gritty, and you're going to have to struggle. But there's the promise of a better future if you fight for it. And that's kind of the tone we went for. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're incredibly happy and lucky. Um, for the kind of response we've had from the Savage uh, fans, it's it's been really great. 
Um, and I feel like I'm rambling right now. So let's go back to Sean and say something uh, artistic. And <laughs> yeah, so if, if you guys, if you haven't picked up the original, so there's a Kickstarter for a supplement. We'll get to there in a sec. But um, we just threw it in the chat. It's on the screen. Um, Drive through RPG is where you can still pick up the original, the after, and um, the uh, that's that's the, the way to go. I, I picked it up on the Kickstarter. It's a lot of fun. My friend Brian picked it up. He 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 can't he can't stop raving about it. You know, he's he lives distant and, and his internet connection is not so hot, so we haven't done the virtual stuff um, as much. But he's dying to run this. He's just like I've got so many ideas. It's really the you know that these guys built something really great. Um, and, and and he even said that like he feels like it's 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 a an IP that is worthy of being picked up for like a TV show. Like it's not, it's not thin and just game centric. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where there's room to tell a lot of stories. And so, I mean, if there's anybody out there listening about, you know, picking up IP, I know, I know like every comic book under the sun has gotten picked up recently because Marvel has, has done so well. Um, but this is kind of one of those great, um, you know, Kickstarter kind of or great kind of, uh, licenses that you could really kind of make a, a really cool TV show about. So, I mean, Sean, tell us what's what's in the new content. What's the name of the Kickstarter? And um, uh, there was yeah. Tales from the Trail, right? right. So, so, what, what, is what in... are people what are people going to get? Uh, what people are going to get are uh, we started out with a set of three uh, good adventures for the after, and we've just hit a stretch goal for a fourth one that I'm going to be writing. Uh, nice. Uh, how close are we? How close are we? How do we? How much do we have to push you guys to get that fourth one that you're going to write? That's done. We've already hit that goal. Oh, we're, we're funded, okay. and the first stretch goal is hit. So anybody that wants a copy of this, you've got forty hours to get on this Kickstarter, and it, it's yours. You can have it. It's it's a done deal. We're funded. Yeah, that's the best news, right? Being funded is so much nicer than like inching your way there and almost being there. And it's like, yes, funded. The um, and there's already been two hundred backers have already backed you guys. That's a pretty decent number for um you know ace licensees but we can we can get that number up guys so the um i was gonna say being funded takes a little bit of that stress out you still have the stress there but at least it takes it down maybe a notch to make it more manageable well we had about 423 backers well we had exactly 423 backers uh donald chepsis we are um masochistic that is the best answer i have for you sir um yeah, we we get about half the backers we had in the first one, which I think is pretty good because you think an, an adventure book that's really just for GMs, right? And there's some setting materials on a ton. We hit one stretch goal enough. Sean mentioned it. He's writing another adventure, so there'll be four total. And um, we might have we got one other stretch goal we're prepping right now, so that's some more content. But I'm not sure exactly when we're going to release that. But um, yeah, it's it's been great. Um, the conversation with Netflix have stalled out. But um, come on, dang, Netflix! Dang it! Stop canceling shows and buy more. You you got the money. We know you got you got money, Netflix. Do it. I, I just sent a tray of cupcakes to Hulu. So fingers crossed. We'll I was gonna say you you could have you could have tried for Quibi, but you know. <laughs> I, I'll just send them like a, a six pack of Matthew's Wide Mouths and see what happens. I don't know. There you go. So all right, uh, unless obscure. Hey, HBO Max, <laughs> come on now. You know you know you need something to go on after the new show, The Nevers. You, you need something, you know. It's it's a perfect market. Get on this one, man. We don't have that. Sense. Don't have that Joss Whedon taint either. Uh, right? Joss, exactly. Joss I was in a band called Joss Whedon Taint back in the '90s. We were huge, man. We had Johnny Cash covers in the style of Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were big in Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like that kind of brings whole new meaning to like Dream of Californication, right? It's like, 
we can't we can't say that anymore. It's not. It's, it's, we've had a we've had a moment. We've moved on that from that. The uh, California occasion is only what happens when all the California expats move to states like Colorado and drive up home housing prices. And yeah, uh, they, they, they kind of have to cash, man. It's 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 a tragedy. Right. I, I, I forget. You and I are neighbors, sir. Uh, yes, yeah, and I'm still here. So, so we're we were a little last minute on getting on the stream because I just signed a lease on a new place. My lease on this place is up, and basically every time so I rent, every time I every time I get through my like two year whatever lease, they're like usually they'll give me another year, and then they're like, no, the market's too hot. We want to sell. We want to sell. So every single time I've like you know gotten out of a lease, it's been because they want to sell, and it's just like it hasn't stopped. It's gone from like ridiculous housing prices to like oh my god what to now it's like. Like seriously, it used to be where it was like Californians would move in, and like I think the term actual Californications, at least as far as I, I first saw it, was like back in the seventies and eighties. They came out with bumper stickers that were like, yeah, "Don't Californicate Colorado." And um, you know, back then, you know, California was a, in Colorado. We're, we're different politically. We're much more aligned now. Um, but it was the same thing, right? It was like people who who made it rich out in California would come to Colorado and just buy stuff up and you know ruin the ski slopes. Well, now it's like it used to be only housing was like if you were going to buy a house, you know, they'd come in with all cash offers, you know, tens of thousands of dollars over asking. Now it's like rental market too. Like you know, there's just so little housing available with a big boom, and that's with Denver being second in the nation, only behind um, Boston, I think, as the number of active cranes building apartments for people, um, you know, in, in the city and then all the rest of the housing. So he, us natives, or at least us Colorado Knights, Coloradans, Coloradoans, um, we used to be able to find cheaper places like, oh, you know, the Californians don't know about blank. Yeah, it's not the case anymore. They know about it all. The, yeah, the internet has really happened. Right. So well, that's, you know, Greeley still available you have to smell but you can oh. that. yeah so for people who don't know Greeley is home to the lovely monford meatpacking plant and they're the ones the rich uh meatpacking kilometer that owns half of our sports teams and um but like uh, twice a week they do the like the, the big slaughter and um it just reeks of like manure and you know blood and it's it's it drifts you know, outside of Greeley, um, a good ways on, if you're in Boulder, Boulder is kind of like the pinky up area, but it's like all college kids. And then like tech, tech boom people like Twitter and you know Amazon. Um, so on a good day, if the winds are blowing correctly, you can get the smell in Boulder too. So that's those of us who don't live in the people's Republic of Boulder do enjoy that. They get to enjoy Greeley every once in a while too. But um, yeah, Colorado has got interesting housing prices. And it's, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this. Like you, know, you guys set the, the after in the mountain West and, you know, shelter is one of those things. It's kind of hard to come by. But let me see if I can share what your what your Kickstarter page looks like. Let me find. Um, yeah, we are set in the Wind River Valley, Wyoming. And I, I got to say, I, I think limited, putting it in a very specific ge geographical location kind of opened up. You get to really flesh things out. You get a real sense of place that maybe you don't when it's, you know, a world-spanning campaign where, you know. But, yeah, that's the page. That is some beautiful John Gibbons art right there. Uh, I do, I do love that you've got like the tail of a jumbo jet, a ginormous rat, a skull, and then like clearly a cool cowpoke, um, and then like kind of just the, the 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 detritus of civilization all in one shot. That's got great mountains and see people don't believe us. You get sunsets like this in Colorado. Like sunsets are amazing here. Um, sunrise. I don't get up that early. Um, but sunsets are amazing. We, the, I think it's because of Arizona, kind of all the particulate in the air. So all of the people who are in Arizona, like, hey, Peg, hey, Don, um, 
all you folks, um, your dust goes in the air and then the angle is perfect that when our sun sets behind the mountains, you get these gorgeous saturated sunsets. Um, but yeah, so, so give us a little hint on like, I mean, this is some really nice art. You've got, um, it looks like a gigantic eagle attacking a horse, uh, horseback rider. Um, not a chupacabra, but definitely something I wouldn't want to run into um, without heavy weaponry. Um, some interesting looking characters making deals, both a blue skin. Is that one like the, one of the aliens that the blue skin guy? Is he one of the aliens? And that tell is, us what we're seeing here. That is the heel at race. And I've been talking too much. So I'm going to let Sean take this one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So the, the alien races that invaded are the butchers and the ghosts. And they had a war with each other and took that war off into the solar system. And they're gone, which is the only reason that the survivors of humanity can rebuild the planet at all. Uh, but that guy you're seeing in that picture there is 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 a helot who is he was uh, a member of what a slave race of the butchers that got left behind during the war. And they're peaceful. They're they're uh, loyal and strong. They're a player character race. We've got rules for them in the main after rule book. And they have joined in with the humans and thrown in their lot. They've got their own little settlements and their own areas, their own religion. Uh, I think they're a pretty interesting race. Um, so that's the guy you're seeing there with the goggles in the corner. Nice. Uh, if you scroll down, we actually have a summary of all the adventures in the book a little bit okay. further down. Okay, that's a gorgeous cover. I love that. That would look that fun is on awesome. anybody's awesome cover. The, uh, so, yeah, Jade Monkey Studios and Fitting Goat Games coming together for this one. And then, ooh. Hello, Padre. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do love the like the nuns with guns trope, but um, Padres with pistols is also pretty cool. Very so, nice. Yes. Right. Came up with that like on the spot. Like that's my that's my skill set. So here we go. Here yes, we go. tell us the uh, Death in the Depths by is it Aid or Adi? Do we know? Uh, he, he's British. That's Aid. Aid. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll read the description for the first one in, in a dramatic voice, and Sean, you can do the second. How about that? There. I liked it. <clears throat> This adventure for novice characters is a survival horror scenario. The player characters enter an abandoned old world mine in search of useful military salvage and become trapped after a rival group of explorers sets off a cave-in. A series of event-based encounters ensue as the monstrous creatures in the depths of the mine are awakened. Will your players escape in time from the death in the depths? All right, tagging in, Sean. Number two is all you. I got a little Shatner vibe right there, Mike. In a world where a twisted and deranged cult is rampaging through Wind River Valley, your seasoned heroes will strive to rescue innocent townsfolk from the clutches of Reverend Obadiah Blank. Can they defeat the cult before the hostages are transformed into more brainwashed cannibals? Yes. Oh, cannibals. You got oh my God. Adventure with cannibals. Okay, so Fox, which of us has taken this third one, man? We 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 have, we have a lot of voice acting cred to, to live up to with these two. I, I know. So are you, are you taking it, or are you are you punting it for me? Yeah, the Tales of Ascension by Aid Smith. Novice characters visit the Hanging Rocks and take part in a helot tradition, a race, an orbit, uh, a race to an orbit ship at the center of the breach zone. Groups will be challenged in a series of mental and physical trials and will need to deal with rival teams in non-lethal ways. Sounds awesome already. This adventure is a great opportunity for GMs to introduce new NPCs, let the player characters make new social connections, and lay the groundwork for for, for future expeditions into the after. I got to nice. say, that sounds awesome. I love 
adventures like that, that you have to find ways other than just killing everything. Now, Sean, the fourth adventure, do you have a summary for that one that we just unlocked the other day? Yeah, the fourth adventure of the working title is going to be the Nightmare Stone. And uh, the player characters are going to have to go to the town of Daniel and help folks out there against a sinister and dangerous thing that only comes out at night. Oh, that's hot. I've been to Daniel, Wyoming. So if you guys remember, the we, we, we one of the first streams we did was um, Shane and Simon's cattle drive. And then I threw up some stuff from a cattle drive. So the um, I sold a Border Collie puppy uh, to a lovely family, a woman rancher up in Daniel, Wyoming, and uh, who runs a heritage ranch up there. And I've gone up a couple times to do their cattle branding and roundups. And um, that is a, a really kind of cool part of the country. Um, it's a lot of fun getting up there. And uh, from there, it's not too much of a hop, skip, and a jump. You can get into Jackson, which all of if you're from California, you call it Jackson Hole. But no one from Cal from Wyoming actually calls it Jackson Hole. It's just Jackson. And then from the, and, and there, it's really close to even getting into um, Yellowstone. So that's a very evocative part of the country. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we weren't kidding, but we actually used the, the real places. So uh, you're, if you're familiar with that area of the country, you're going to recognize some things. Jackson's on the map, Daniel's on the map, a few other places from Wyoming where folks are building on the ruins. And it's just such a beautiful area out oh, there yeah. as well. So so I have a question for you, kind of kind of uh, going back to the after itself, which will kind of go into into the, the adventures. Um what kind of setting rules did you guys put in into the after to kind of give you the the vibe that you wanted it to have? Because that, that's something that always interests me when I'm looking at new settings is what did they do to make that setting more provocative by setting rules? Did you do anything in particular? Yeah, we did. Uh, what's funny is we actually came in pretty heavy with the setting rules in our first draft, uh, which we wrote before Suede came out. And Suede came out and just incorporated into the game several of the things that we were working on, uh, which is super funny. Uh, we have two setting rules, and of course, we've got extra races, extra edges. We've swapped out the arcane backgrounds in the book for something else, which we think is loads of fun. Uh, one of the races we've got, uh, the, the change, they kind of get a bunch of physical changes. They can get like little mini superpowers, things like that. You can even build them off of random card draws if you want. Um, oh, excellent. Yeah, but as far as setting rules, we ended up cutting it down to two. Uh, one we call That'll Leave a Mark, uh, which just says that anything that is a heavy weapon does gritty damage. If you know, if you get shot by a tank, it's going to suck. Makes perfect sense. Yep. And then the other one is, is a little nod to Apocalypse World. Uh, the rule's called Things Break, and I think that's the big one that frames it as a post-apocalyptic game of scarcity, when you roll a critical failure, weird things start happening with your gear. The world is infested with these weird nanites from these bombs that the butchers dropped on the world. And they, they, are, they don't make quite physical sense. It's hard to keep them out of things. And as you roll critical failures, your gear starts to accumulate weird qualities. I mean, maybe it just rusts and starts to dissolve. Maybe it starts crawling around in the middle of the night trying to eat your other gear. But once, that's awesome. Yeah, once you accumulate a certain number of these stress tags, that gear is not useful for you anymore. It goes away. 
So it's an incentive for folks to occasionally churn through gear, which in a lot of role-playing games, you don't see. You know, you get that machine gun you like and you lean on it for the entire rest of the campaign. Well, in this case, maybe that's an option. Maybe it isn't. It depends on how your dice treat you. Right. How often you use it, all those types of things. I like that. I like that because, you know, it's 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 wear and tear, but it's wear and tear done in a very different way. Yeah, I, I tried to make it fun and a little weird without being overpowering. I'd like to thank uh, Colin1012 from the comments. He just backed. Appreciate that, sir. Oh, right on. What a guy. Yes. Nice. Excellent. Wait a Way to go, Colin. This is what we like. We're here to shill people. Buy the products now. There's only hours left. The um... Thank you for saying shill and not pimp. That would be awkward. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have to be... I know we put blood, sweat, and tears, but no other bodily fluids go in these books. So I actually... So you guys have been an awesome and thrown up some, um, some of the concept art in the comments or uh, in the, the private chat. So let me throw up some of those. We can talk about them because they... They are gorgeous. The um, here's a piece, and that's uh, love it. It's like if you guys can see that. It's like a, a forest scene with a horse, and um, that one is pretty gorge. The um, and, and being a, a huge fan of the color green, as soon as that came up, I'm like, oh, I really like that. Yeah, Fox is he has simplistic taste, man. Just get get him something green, he's happy. That's right. The, um, is the Etsy is this piece? Is this one of the pieces from the the, the original book? Uh, that's not from the after. Okay, I don't cool. think it is. It's not. It's, no, that's not same one of same concept. Right? It looked good though. I was like, oh, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is go. definitely one of the afters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are we calling that Thunderbird? That like, ended up uh, being called a Screaming Eagle. That's in the main book. Mm-hmm. I could have guessed that if I was smarter. Okay. The uh, yeah, that's and, fun. So the um, and, and I look at that and and my first thought is, what is going through that horse's brain right now? I know, right? Like, they, they, you never see it run so fast. Yeah, I'm about to get eaten. I think that the, the tanker wreckage in the backgrounds really sells it. Yes, that's really cool. Yeah, I love the dice touches. So um, talk about like statting up, if other guys had to do this. So Fox and I did plenty of this for a project that um, uh, probably will not reach the light of day or might not or whatever. Um, we did a lot of monster statting. What what do you look at when you see like, okay, this is a thing in Savage Worlds now. How do we even begin? Like, do you say, let's look what a dragon is and kind of scale from there? I mean, how do you, you make one of these um, horrifically awesome monsters? Yeah, uh, really... When you riff on a monster like this, you do have to think about comparing it to other things in the book, right? Obviously, this guy right here isn't going to be stronger than a dragon, but he's going to be a pretty big deal. Is it going to hurt him when you shoot him with a gun? Uh, You have to start kind of balancing out, especially the toughness versus the damage that's available in the system. You know, there are certain Savage World settings where you can expect big, big damage numbers. So it's okay to make monsters with crazy, crazy stats. Uh, I tried to dial it down for the most part, except for a few creatures that are kind of the the big boys of the setting, if you will. If you want to go take on a 100-foot-tall tanker robot, you be my guest. (laughs) Those exist, too. So (laughs) that's kind of the awesome thing. So um, is there an explanation on kind of um, how such monstrous versions of of real-world creatures came to be? 
Yeah, yeah. So the deal is that the butchers came to Earth first. They followed our signals down in the year 2020 because, of course, everything bad happens in 2020. You guys were ahead of the curve. You yeah. were so ahead of the curve. I mean, we right. only got a pandemic. We didn't get an alien invaded. But, I mean, you kind of called it, I got to say. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was predictive. <laughs> might have known a few things. Uh, forward. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, they showed up and were just invincibly unbeatable like i never made stats for the butchers they were kind of off the table but i always envisioned them in my head as taking the most powerful stuff in the sci-fi companion and mixing it with the superpowers companion uh, to the point where the militaries of the world uh, were basically insignificant they could fight holding actions and they did they held on for a few decades but the butchers basically took over the world and in the process uh, they they were twisted, weird experimenters without rhyme or reason, and they poisoned the world with these nanites that caused weird physical changes, and not just mutations, but like if you got these things infested in you, you might wake up with weird neon things in your arms and strange gears and machinery popping out of your skin. Uh, you know, you might end up with an amalgamation of weird genetics and end up with feathers for your hair or you know tentacles for arms or whatever. Uh, and then the second race that showed up really compounded it and made it crazy. The ghosts, they don't live in the same time and space as the rest of us. And just like the butchers, they didn't care about humans enough to communicate with us. They weren't here for us. They were here for the butchers. The butchers were their enemy. And when they popped out of what we call the breach, they wrecked the world even further. Uh, they poisoned the world with what's called breach energy, which is this weird extra dimensional stuff, doesn't follow physics, doesn't really follow time. And they took their orb ships and went to war with the butchers. So outside of Wind River Valley, there are probably huge chunks of the planet that are still completely messed up wastelands. Uh, but where we play in the Wind River Valley, that change stabilized into what we call breach zones. Um, which are areas where a chunk of Wyoming went away and a chunk of something else came back. Uh, the green picture you saw was a breach zone called the Verdant. And it's a self-sufficient rainforest jungle that shouldn't exist. It shouldn't be able to exist in that climate. But if you walk in there, it's warm. There's all these alien creatures. Uh, if the creatures wander out of that area, they tend to die in the cold pretty quick. Uh, but there are all kinds of strange fruits, vegetables, animals you can go in there hunting for. Uh, all the explorers are interested in scavenging that area for medicines, for poisons, for drugs, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, and there are all these places that you can explore, which allow the GM to get really as gonzo as they want to be. Like if you want to concentrate on Mad Max and mercenaries and cowboys, do it. If you want to explore completely off the wall wild stuff, we've got what you need. Yeah, I was going to say um, the Verdant's probably the most normal breach zone. There's a lot of weird shit in some of the other ones. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It gets super strange. And one of the adventures that is in this new Kickstarter, uh, The Trials of Ascension, takes place in a breach zone called the Hanging Rocks, where you've got these, you know, mile high rocks that are levitating around in formation. Uh, and gravity's not right there. You can kind of bounce and climb and wiggle your way between the rocks. And uh, the trials involve a race between you and other NPC groups to get to the top. Uh, oh, awesome. Sounds like so much fun. I love it. Like, it sounds like it was um, like Avatar, but then better. The um, So t tell me, this one, this is a great piece of evocative art. It's a frostbite zone. It looks like there's even something in the sky. Um, is this Is this one of the breach zones or one of the... 
What are we what are we looking at here in this picture? Oh yeah, yeah, that's one of the breach zones that's down to the south of the valley a little bit, and there are uh, it's called the ice plains, and there are some spooky and interesting creatures there, and that is uh, one of the big guys. Uh, he is uh, he, he he has friends that are out of frame, uh, and you can definitely wander into the ice plains and never get back out. Uh, there are some spooky Bermuda Triangle stuff going on. And those giant 100-foot-tall tanker bots I told you about, those are leftovers from where the butchers were scavenging the earth. There, there were uh, uh, refineries and oil deposits and stuff there. And when the butchers had to leave because they were getting blown to pieces, they left the, some of these weird robots behind that are still quietly doing their job. So you'll have scavengers that have perfected the art of stealthing up to these bots and tapping them, getting a few barrels of precious, precious fuel that people can't get in any other way, and then running out of the zone before they freeze to death or get attacked by those those guys you saw in the art. If you want to share a tank bot, I'm uh, sharing a page from the after right now that's uh, got a picture of it in the stats. Oh, there you go. He looks so cute in that picture, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. If there was a banana for scale, you would not be able to see it. <laughs> <laughs> right, they do look cute. Like everyone was like, you know, uh, what the, the Tachi Komas in um, uh, what standalone complex Japanese anime. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're they're so cute until the guns come out, and then then you're dead. Uh, <laughs> look, it's just like a little beetle. Right. Everybody likes custom bots. The um, and I, I think it'd be fun to be to to craft these. I mean, to make them because there's so many kind of um people putting out either 3d printing or mm. you know style bots i mean i could i can see how you could you could cobble one one of these couple of these together and make some fun bots for miniatures i've the, been telling um, john we need to do 3d 3d miniatures or 3d printing files for some of this art now we'll see if it happens fingers crossed yeah it's just it's one of the things right I mean, everyone's kind of upping their game as aces i mean they, they obviously doing hardcover books and the quality of the art and now it's like you know it's, it's a little tough to do printed miniatures that we print ourselves because you it's like very over overhead expensive if you want to get a die injection mold die it's more than any of us are making on these these books to even just start right you, know, you kind of need to be in a board game realm um but if we can afford to make some models and then release them as stl files like folks like fox who's got a 3d printer um can make them their own that's, that's kind of a cool way to do it too so i'm all i'm all in support of that yeah here's one last piece of art that i think is really great um, definitely brings to mind that area of the country. I mean, just very evocative. Um, that's what that part of the country looks like. The um, it looks like there's some damage done to the moon. Is that correct? Did they somebody little take a little a ding out of the moon on their way into the planet? Yeah, it's called the breaking. It, it's a thing that exists in the timeline at the beginning of the book uh, that had to do with the uh, the war between the butchers and the ghosts. They were throwing around serious firepower. <laughs> Yeah. See, I, I, I love that. Like, I, I really do think you guys made a great choice. I mean, we, we did something similar in Buccaneer, like, you know, based on history, um, ours is a little closer, but the, you know, you want to, you want to give game masters and players the element of, you know, to, like you said, turn up or down the gonzo, right? Like the, the, the weirdness, the strangeness, the, the fantasy elements. And so where you guys have these, these zones that are, radically different we did you know um islands that are basically you know kind of gm's choice on what they want to throw in these new islands that are you know showing up in the caribbean and um 
you know, and I think I mean you you can play Deadlands and never run across you know dinosaurs except you know there's totally one of the supplements is dinosaurs in the Weird West, right? And people are like right. there's dinosaurs in Deadlands, like yeah, you can do that. Um, I, I think Deadlands for me is a little less than that, you know, a little I kind of keep it a little more horror strangeness, um, but it's kind of my my flavor of that coffee. But like you guys have, it's like I mean, there's so many possibilities with. You know, learning about two alien or three, two or more actually three, because you had the slave race too. Uh, alien cultures and what what they can bring, and learning about them. Um, these these zones that can be however strange you want them to be, um, and the kind of the challenges you can throw at your players too. Like I think that's one of the one of the things if you've noticed with like like The Walking Dead, right? The Walking Dead they almost have to keep moving because staying in one place gets a little dry if you don't have a major element to be able to change up what that place is. And, um, you know, so they, 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 they keep going from country into the cities and back out of the country. And, you know, for here, I don't think you have that problem at all because you, you've got access to these fantastically different zones that any one of them could be its own campaign, right? I mean, you, you can go into one of those verdant areas and, and, and you know, have an entire campaign just as a kind of lush tropical rainforest or Pacific Northwest kind of rain, whatever, whatever it is, or fantasy forest, right? Just like um, Avatar, you know, it's its own fantasy kind of forest thing. Um, and, and if your players want out or want different, you know, flavor of the week, pop out. There you go. You know, you, yeah. you, can, you can come back to um, the, the, the known rugged Western elements. And um, so I mean, I did, go ahead. I have no. a question when you're done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, I'm done. I want to put I want to put this question out there because everybody who may be on the fence doesn't know or is going to look at the after. Uh, you're going to get you're going to get this question: Is there a plot point campaign? Not yet. Uh, we've been kind of talking about internally uh, whether we were going to do one. I've got kind of a rough outline I want to follow. Uh, it probably. I'm not going to say how long it would be. Uh, I, and b- backing that up, plot point campaigns, I feel like for a lot of settings, fundamentally change the setting in some way, right? Right. Like, uh, especially in Deadlands, they're, they're big deals. So for us to make a change to the setting like that, we, we need to give it lots of forethought. Uh, I got to say, though, um, one of the things that is was going to sway us and whether we were interested in doing that work and, and putting together the art and the writing and the ideas was how this Kickstarter was going to do, and we're funded. There's obviously a community for the after. Our, the feedback we've been getting has been so great. And if, if there's anybody listening that that's bought this book and, and left us a nice review, dude, you give me goosebumps. Uh, stuff like that is, is why I do this, and we, we appreciate you very much. Yeah, I very much hate that the second we put out even a jumpstart product with Drive Through RPG, we can no longer leave reviews on other and other products. Oh. I mean, it's just like, I want to review these things and I don't want to like make a, a, a spoof account to go do it because, but I mean, a lot of these things like, you know, we're, 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 the people who create this are also the people who consume a lot of it and get into it. And so I just, I hate that I can't go leave reviews now on that one site because again, it is the main site for, for, for sales after you know, Kickstarters. Uh, but just because I, mean, I think it's, it's, it's a very nice thing you guys do when you do leave reviews guys. I mean, I know it's, it's, it's free, um, so here, here's my advice for guys. If you have a critique, send it in private to the, the, the creators and see what their response is. If you've got a positive, a reason why anyone else would want to pick up that book, put it in a review. Um, it, it, it does help more than you think. And, um, 
And I'll tell you, you since know. I can't review it, I give you five stars. Oh, no, fist bump. Appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> the, um, so yeah, so but before we do final thoughts, the, we do have one comment that is is dying for an answer, and I say too, Mike, tell us yeah. about that kick-ass telescope you've got in in the background there. Yeah, and, it's um, um, it's uh, it's comp- more complicated than you would think. There's a little computer you can see just over my shoulder, and um, you punch in the coordinates for what you want to look at. You know, if Saturn's up in the sky, you punch that in, and the, you have to give it three benchmarks, you know, to orient itself, and then it'll a line and point right at Saturn. Oh, and, uh, yeah, we got it when we had, we got our, our boys eight and he's into dinosaurs yeah. and stars and Star Wars and, you know, stuff like that. So it's, uh, you know, try to keep them interested. And, and you know, you're actually going to get to see what you want to see instead of the crapshoot of, of spending an hour looking around in the sky and never finding what you want. No one tells you that about astronomy. <laughs> <laughs> There's an awful lot of, oh shit, was that it? No, was that it? That's, and this makes it simpler. So yes. I mean, you, you can look at Jupiter and actually see jupiter you can see the moons it's um it's That's nice amazing. though yeah so, so you're gonna warn us when the aliens are coming mike that's right uh, right, right right we need we need advanced warning i mean people survived right so we know that's good we have the prognostication that we will survive this to to, to, to wait out the war between the two alien species no but if you if your kid likes dinosaurs i have, I have an offer for you so the, uh, it's brutally heavy but it's free <laughs> if you want to pick it up so um i did some real estate work a decade ago with a guy you, who you have a fever you got like a brontosaurus femur there, don't you? I, I've got a footprint. So oh. it is an actual, like, it weighs at least 150 pounds. It is out of concrete. Um, the guy was a an actual paleontologist within the University of Colorado, worked for the Natural History Museum. And um, the he went out in the field and took a cast of one of the it's a, you know, tritoe mm-hmm. footprints. And um, he made a, a concrete... Um, uh, replication of it, so it's like a bird bath um, in my front yard right now. And oh, wow. because I'm moving, the um, so if you want to come down and grab it, the uh, your kid might love it. It was the actual like huge ass real dinosaur footprint from Colorado. So um, all yours, amigo. I'll give you the details off stream. I'll have to ask the wife, but yeah, let's talk. Right? Do you want a piece of yard art that's very heavy? Um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like I love it. They'd be like, like I mean, no one else has one. I mean, the, the guy literally, it was like you know, he he made it, and he was he was gonna do like uh, plastic molds of them for a business deal. And, you know, just kind of got old and decided not to do it. So I, it's like, it's the, the, the cat, the original mm-hmm. cast from the cast. And so it's like, I've got a dinosaur footprint in my yard. Do you? And um, so that's cool stuff. But the, uh, so yeah, so I, I love it. So if, if your love of space, is that, is that kind of, is that worked into the plot and then what the alien races are and maybe where this goes in the future, like is, or are most of the trials and tribulations characters have to face in the after, at least so far, um, a little more terrestrial. Like, is there the ability to get off planet, or is it? Are, no, are no, we too? I, I, the stars are something you can look at. Um, it's we're, we're very much going for the western kind of vibe, and you know, all of our adventures are set in Wind River, Wyoming. And um, yeah, someday I'd like to do more supplements. You know, to, you know, maybe someday, sure. But right now, you know, John's original vision, and John really is. I mean, Sean and I have helped service that, and Sean's a hell of a writer. I really appreciate him coming on board for this book, but um. Uh, the inspiration was John's, and his image has always been, you know, kind of like a Clint Eastwood, you know, frontier sort of, like I said, Josie Wales, but, you know, meets Mad Max with some uh, weird sci-fi stuff thrown in there. So it's, uh, that's really where, where we're staying. And we have, we talked to somebody back to the original Kickstarter who had this idea for um, an after supplement set in New England, just to see what's happening. And I get to thinking, well, what's happening in different parts of the world? What's happening in Japan? What's going on in, you know, India, Australia? But, you know, maybe down the road one day. 
The uh, Colin gives you guys a great comment. He says, the fun thing is looking at something and being so proud you found it. You just realized you were looking at something completely different the whole time. I think somebody's uh, talking about astronomy there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that one error. Or the book. Stars yeah. in the book. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Colin also says he'd love some sort of sediment building component. Um, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but there's been a lot of books like that recently where, you know, you have the, the rules for the mini game of building a settlement. Or um, I know Alan Barr over Gallant Knight has a game about... Um, it's a tavern game. You know, your adventurers have retired, you're running your tavern, and it's a whole game about the adventures of running that tavern and dealing with those kind of quiet problems. So, yeah, that's, I'll suggest that to John. That's a cool idea. Well, and in the meantime, Suede baked in some pretty good social combat rules. Uh, when it comes to the main settlement of Chapter, they're on the verge of needing to make a lot of decisions about how to govern themselves and as they grow, what kind of currency to use, what's going to be legal and not. And as the players gain influence in the different factions that they can join, uh, they have the ability to make changes like that. And the social combat rules are a great way to start leveraging that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's hot. And, and I'd also I say that sounds like a lot of fun. I got, you know, where were you guys six months ago? We're trying to think of what to do for our next Kickstarter. <laughs> right? yeah. Mine it for ideas. They all, you know, just you throw it out there and your fans will tell you. So one cool thing I, I will mention, a little insider info. The, um, you know, I think all of us um, as aces, right, as ace publishers, um, we when Suede came out, it threw a lot of us for a loop because like you said, you guys had a thing in production and the Suede pops and it's like, whoa, we got a whole, we got a rekey. It's a totally, you know, we got to make sure we, we incorporate and everyone. We yeah, did a you, full you, rewrite. Right, and, and you know, same thing. Like, you know, we had a, a setting coming out. We're like, well, we, we need, you know, we know Sway's coming out. We got to pop our our preview. But you know, we're, we're you know, having written it for previous. It's like we have to take this into account. There's a whole lot of here going on, and and you you see that even on settings that are like very little has changed between the setting and suede. Like, like even the ETU, people are just hyper-focused on, is it suede compatible? Is it suede? Is it suede? It's like, okay, you only really need to change two things, guys, for the old one. You know, it's really not, you know, we need to do more to release a new book if, you know, pass away. But people, it's a very big deal. Um, so I think with the companions on the horizon, um, one of the things about, like, settlement building and faction, I think, will people will be pleasantly surprised at some new tools that, that um the companions will bring to that. So maybe after the companions come out, you guys can circle back around and be like, okay, this is how the companions do it. And then here's how we're going to do it in our setting and how we're going to tweak that. Yeah, so springboard the, off that. Mm -hmm. So Chris, I, I can't ask you when that's coming out, can I? I they wouldn't even tell me. So okay. the um, I, I think it's as fast as possible. The um, uh, Shane is definitely the arbiter, the final arbiter of, of goodness. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think we, we did throw that one out. Oh, do you want me to throw that one up again? Because I think I've got it here. This is the one. Yeah, that's that piece of art you just asked me. Um, love that one. Yeah, so I, that one we definitely have thrown up. Um, I just threw, threw a new one in the... Uh, just amazing. Yeah, there, there was a new one in the private chat I just threw up if you want to oh. on that one. Oh, apparently I put the, the address in wrong, man. Let's go see. Yeah, Sean, was this... I, oh, I know it's, yeah. a, I know it's an, a, the after piece. I wasn't sure if this was the new book or the existing book. Uh, let me get a look at let it. Let me throw it up. Toss it up. Throw it up. I, yeah, I believe that's towards the end of the uh, original book. Okay. Boom. So here's the last lovely piece. So, yeah, what are we seeing here? There's a whole lot to unpack. Oh, uh, right. Well, you know, there are scavengers that pick up all kinds of strange things from breach zones, including uh, something we didn't talk about called remnants. Uh, which is that weird glowing thing you see there. Uh, both the butchers and the ghosts left things behind. And while regular human technology doesn't work well, 
uh, the butcher and ghost technology sort of does. It's alien and strange, and there's a cost to using it. And in a lot of settlements, it's not welcome. So what you're seeing here is a shady deal where neither side trusts one another. Uh, love it. See, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many would be watching. Cause, I mean, you've literally thrown out probably 15 campaign ideas in just between the uh, the evocative art, the stories that have, that have already been unlocked for this Kickstarter, what's available in the first book. So, I mean, you know, even without like the plot point campaign, I mean, it sounds like to me that there's easily as much material as there would be in a plot point campaign already. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. to explore. Or, yeah, yeah, there's more. Poor Follis. Sorry, you go ahead, Sean. I was about, we were about to say the same thing. There's multiple full-length adventures in, in the main book, uh, in addition to the ones right. that we're putting out for this Kickstarter. So there's a fair amount of material out there already. And then every zone or area we, we, we made up, I tried to write in multiple adventure hooks for people to riff off of. That is fantastic. Well, so can, guys, if you, you, when we get done, I, I need to jump on the Kickstarter and get this backed. <laughs> right. That's the expensive thing about doing these shows. It's like you talk to the creators and you're like, how can I not back that? That sounds awesome. So for anyone who hasn't yet, um, you can go to drive through RPG. We threw the link in the chat earlier um, to pick up the after the original book. And then uh, the original book is required to run the supplement, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to need it. I mean, I suppose you could kind of hodgepodge it together, but you're gonna have a lot more fun with the actual book. So yeah, pick up the original book available in both hardcover and softcover. Pick up hardcover. It's so much better. They last longer. They're nicer. More bang for your buck. And then um, Kickstarter currently, there are 39 hours as of this airing. Um, so less than two days. Guys, get on it. Um, our friend Neil and Tim are both backers. So I mean, maybe we'll get Neil to run this. Neil's a great you know, local game master we play with. So uh, currently funded. Um, I think it's in oh, pounds. We should, we, we, should, we should probably mention we're on Fantasy Grounds as of like last month. So, ooh, oh, yeah, so yeah, pitch that, yes. So, yeah, if you so want to play it the, online. The VTT folks, yeah, Fantasy Grounds, get out there and and pick it up. And that's the full book, isn't it, Mike? Yep, yep, it's, it's the whole thing. Nice. So, yeah, fully funded, currently sitting at an, an, in American dollars, which are inflating faster than my <laughs> stomach on uh, uh, food from takeout at $3,373, 200 Oh, yeah. So whoever back did back because it was 200 backers when we started, and it's 202 backers already now. So, guys, um, hit, hit it up. The uh, Tales from the Trail, uh, the after, lovely campaign setting. I think lovely, gritty, awesome, epic, dangerous um let's see the question oh done xenon just said done and done thank you sir love um, you buddy right john doom's picking it up just for the art and um the uh question on foundry so i think so what, what you guys might foundry is pretty pricey for us small guys to get in on um we, you, we'd need much bigger projects to be able to, to afford the coding that goes into the foundry folks. And that's also, it kind of goes back to the, the deadlands question from before. Like some people were like, Oh my God, it's $40 or whatever, $45, whatever it is. Um, there's a reason for that guys. It, it, it costs a lot of money to, to do all the custom coding um, for yeah, that. I, I, I don't want to be tacky and mention any financials. We've been talking with them and yeah, it's just hard to make the money part of it work right now because uh Anyway, yeah, it's hard to make the money part work right now. So we're on Fantasy Grounds, talking, talking to a few others, uh, but that's what we have right now. So, yeah, so yeah, the, the, way, the way the market works, guys, it's, it's custom coding, and it's the size of our market is just one of those things where there's not huge quantities of uh, efficiencies of scale. 
Um, right, exactly. Yes. So, you know, yes, you know, support it, back other projects on Foundry. Um, you know, if you make this Kickstarter, if you double the Kickstarter overnight, come on, guys, we can, you know, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of the realities of being a smaller publisher. Um, you know, these things are, it is, it is in some instances as expensive to get one of these things coded as it is more and more to do the art in the book itself. So that's kind of why, um, you know, we're a little hesitant on those things because it's just the, the economies of scale and then the upfront cost. Like it works for bigger board games and bigger releases that you can really kind of work that into 5,000 backers. Um, but, you know, until you guys, so here's, here's another thing too. Here's just another little piece of advice for the, the Savage Worlds wild card community out there. Um, so one thing you guys don't realize for us smaller publishers, for like the ace publishers, like, um, uh, you know, the Rocket Mountain Savages and, and, um, uh, green is it Jade Monkey, Green Monkey, uh, Jade, Jade, Jade Monkey, Monkey Studios, is, is John's right? studio, yeah, yeah, Jade Monkey Studios and Fading Goat Games. The we get price breaks at about a thousand copies of the books, and I think most Ace Kickstarters for core settings are hitting about five hundred ish, you know, Kickstarter backers. So we have to kind of make the call on: do we want to order the thousand and hope to double the amount of books we sell over time? And so I think what we, as a little, as a little ACE community, um, just so you know, the, you know, this isn't a peg question, it's more of an ACE question, is if we can start getting those ACE-backed numbers up to 700 backers and 800 backers, where it's really easy for us to go and then get the 1,000 or 1,000 backers for those, that changes the dynamics of, of you know, the independent small-time ACE publishers. So that's just kind of a goal for you guys to look at. Like, if you're considering backing an ACE project, do and tell your friends and run it for your friends, run it online um, and kind of help us grow that part of the community. Because as uh, for, the, for the aces, hitting that thousand or being able to order a thousand on the, on, on the books, um, it does change things. It does make a difference on the quality of art we can bring, the other kind of things that we can add. So if, you know, if, if you're, if you're not, if you're people who are writing the book for you and doing the art for you can't also code, um, you know, trying to look at, at, at bringing in either dice rolling apps or anything like that, that really kind of requires us to be able to make better margins on the books we do produce. So consider it. So if you, that's, I think that's the, the goal for the community looking forward is let's get to those thousand. And um, that'd be a great way to support all the ACE backers. And um, so, yeah, so we appreciate you. you know, right. And that's, that's just one of those things where it's, it, it has nothing to do with us or even the gaming industry. It literally has everything to do with, you know, the manufacturing industry and everybody who uses them. So whether it's, you know, uh, traditional publishing, whether it's, you know, um, business publishing for booklets and books, anybody who's doing pu publishing on the book market, you know, those minimum orders of a thousand are kind of where you get that first big price break um, that help you make your per unit cost much better. And, um, you know, and, and even another thing too, like I, I know a lot of people are like, hey, soft cover, hardcover or print on demand. Um, print on demand is not very um, good for us. It's like, it's great to get you hardcovers, but, you know, um, Lightning Source and Drive RPG. Boy, boy, we know that from Buccaneer. Right. You know, they, they're the ones who walk with the majority of, of the margins on those. And then even then, like, you know, if we can get to those a thousand, you guys would be surprised, but the, 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 hardcover becomes much more competitive with softcover. And, and I know there's a, 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 the people in the players are still kind of have this, you know, 30 to $40 price in their mind of what books should cost, even though, you know, if you, you look at what you were paying 10 years ago and you look at what you were paying for milk and housing and everything else is inflated, but I think, 
in the gaming industry. We still have to push through that 40 price break. Um, even for the VTT stuff, it's like, guys, like, look at how much time it would save you and how much time you actually play the game to decide, you know, like going to the movies anymore. Man, I went to the movies, you know, right before COVID and it was 60 bucks for two people. And it was, you know, it's like, it wasn't gone are the days when it's like, oh, 20 bucks for a movie. It's like, no, man. And I, I mean, I, we get so much more out of these experiences and they're so much more custom They're, I mean, you can, you can meet us, you can talk to us, you can, you know, give us questions on streams. We're so much more available than, you know, kind of the celebrities and the bigger products. And they, they get all the breaks because of, of the scale. Um, we don't, we don't get the, the scale breaks. So consider that, you know, that's kind of one of the things that the, um, you know, the, oh, so on the hardcover and softcover, last little bit of tidbit for you, just throwing that out there, because you know, when, when any of us publishers, small time publishers go and get quotes, you'd be surprised that the the, the consumers look at, at hardcover as worth more than, than softcover, or they want to get a price break with softcover. The problem is, is that we're all doing full cover, full color, richly arted color art on all the pages in between. So the cost for us actually isn't that different um, on softcover versus hardcover, um, but people's perception of it is uh, is, uh, is a lot different. So it, you know, knowing that, guys, consider upgrading to the hardcover. You know, it's it's better for us actually. We get you know your perception of the value and the actual value is better. But you know, when, when we're paying for you know ninety eight or one hundred and twenty whatever three pages of color art on nice paper in between, you know, that's the thing too. People are still paying the same price for the books when there's like. Hey, I remember paying 40 bucks for a, a GURPS book back in 2001. It's like, go look at the art in that book. It's There's a couple pieces of art. It's all black and white. There is no soft, lovely paper that's shiny and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just consider, those are things to consider. And I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to educate you guys on that because it was an education for me looking at these things and going to China and going to Canada and seeing how much more expensive it is to print domestically versus overseas. And so, you know, if, if we just educate you guys a little bit from the independent publisher perspective, and that's what, you know, Savage Cast is, um, you know, no peg at here, Savage Cast, you know, Rocky Mountain Savage hat, the, um, you know, like that, that's kind of, I, I think you guys will appreciate it more when you know about that stuff. So any, any parting thoughts, guys, any last words for, for your fans, for the backers, for the Kickstarter? Sean. Well, I just want to say again, I'm so thankful for everybody that has been behind us on this. Uh, I'm thankful for the team I'm working with, but also for everybody who showed interest in our book that that had good things to say about it or bad things to say about it. Uh, you know, just the fact that there are backers out there interested in what we can make, it's the most exhilarating thing. And if there's any anybody out there that's thinking about putting together your own book, do it. Holding a hardback book in your own hands that you made is the best feeling in the world. You should do it. I, I, I second that. It's amazing. Yeah, I agreed. Right. The uh, any final thoughts, Mike? Um, appreciate you having us on, sir. This was a lot of fun. Let yeah, thank you again. Absolutely. Anytime, man. And then we were local. We, we had to meet up soon and sooner, sooner was later. Now that we're all getting vaccinated and we're going to start meeting up, man, we, we, we got to do so. So the uh, everybody else, uh, all you wild cards out there, we, do, do we like that word? Give us some feedback. Do we like wild cards for the, you know, we, we didn't want to use wild cards before because there was the wild card show. Those guys did an amazing job. But now that the show is is retired, I think, you know, we can uh, you know, pay homage to them and the great work they did. And also, I mean, wild cards in the setting for Savage Worlds is the term for anybody who's, you know, an active person who gets an extra, you know, wild eye. Um, so do we like that term? So th th think like about it, it, guys. Do we yeah. like that term? So, yeah, give us feedback do, on that. Do we want to talk about Savage uh, Expeditions real fast? 
Oh yeah. So um, Savage Cruise, uh, Savage. So you go to SavageCruise.com or SavageExpedition.com. Um, the uh, there's an email list there. Um, Kim at GamerAdventures.com is actually where the forum will be. It's in the Peg News. If you go to Peg Inc. for for the right. news, yeah. The we already have more than a hundred people who have signed up to come on the cruise. So that's, we've already reached what we reached during the last cruise. And the last cruise, it took us months to get to 100. We've already signed up that many people to go on this next cruise. It will be taking place January 3rd through the 9th, 2022, leaving out of Orlando, which is Cape uh, Fort, uh, Port Canaveral. Port, Port Canaveral, yep. So we're going to go, a couple of us are going to go, some of us will be down there early for the, the New Year's, ringing the New Year's in Orlando, either Harry Potter or Disney World or the Gators or the Space, I mean, Kennedy Space, not Kennedy, but the Canaveral Space Center. So all of, I think a bunch of us want to go see if there's maybe, hopefully there's a launch. We we, we got a, there's a, a little bit of window. There's some, some that are planned, but we, we're going to try to take in a launch or at least go see the this, this Space Center. Um, so do some fun beforehand. But if you only want to join us for the cruise part, um, the gamer, I think it's gameradventures.com. Um, yes, gameradventures.com. We will toss that in. Basically, the only thing you need to do now, it's a fully refundable deposit, $250 per person, um, gets you your assigned room. Um, a bunch of us are going for balconies this year, which is crazy. They're a little more pricey um, you know, than, than the, the inside rooms. The inside rooms are great. I think I got an inside room last year. What did you get last year, Fox? Did you have a window or not? No, in an inside room. Yeah. Which- which is great. It's my first cruise ever. And to be honest with you, I just wanted somewhere to sleep and take a shower. And that's all I needed. And so I'm doing an, an interior room again uh, for the cruise in 20, in 2022. And then also real quick, we have Deadwood, Deadwood coming up. You can get tickets uh, on peg uh, for Deadwood. Deadwood is coming up in August. Yeah. So we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Deadlands. I'm um, going to be having a lot of amazing things. So we're, we're going to actually, one of the things we just added to the schedule there, we haven't announced it yet, but it's, it's going to be a um, an NDA Q&A. So we've done Q&As like on the cruise and some other, this is going to be an NDA Q&A where no phones allowed, silence, uh, you must promise not to spill. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll get Shane a couple drinks before the Q&A to loosen his lips. And you guys can get all of the, uh, your wonderful like, when is the blank going to be published or what's coming up or all those, you know, what, what is Hollywood licensed from you guys? What other things besides RPGs are you working on? Um, so all that fun stuff, the, the DNA, NDA, non-disclosure agreement, Q and a, not the DNA, the NDA, Q and a, um, MBNA, MBNA, right? Yes. All of it. RNA, DNA, all of it. So the, um, you, yeah, you, you can, so, uh, yeah, get done that. So if you want to do the Deadwood, um, check out the, if you go to pegging.com, check out the recent news items. There is a link in those to do the sign up for um, Deadwood. Um, so that's going to be kind of an elite visitation event. Um, it's, a, it's a little tough to get into Deadwood. Like for us, it's an easy, it's an easy drive. It's a couple hour drive from Denver. So if you want to fly into Denver and drive with us in caravan, um, but the people were, people found some, some discount ways to get cars to fly in and out of, of um, uh, was it Cedar Rapids is the closest um yes, this yeah. is big 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 city well, Ra- rapid city rapid city rapid city not cedar rapids you'll be in iowa not in um south yeah. dakota so, you come to south dakota that's where it is that's where it's at so the uh, we, we did find if you join on the facebook group there's a savage expedition savage cruise facebook group where people are throwing up kind of the things they find on how to get rentals for a little cheaper uh for car rentals um and all that good stuff so if you want to join us on the cruise or join us in deadwood um please do 
And um, with that, we've gone our over our hour. Thank you for joining us, um, Mike and Sean. Love your yes, setting. Thank you so much. There is less than two days. So if you guys are hearing this, we will release this as a, a podcast before them. But if you watched us on the stream, go to kickstarter.com projects 823-004-289 slash Tales from the Trail or just Google Tales from the Trail Kickstarter. Uh, it is funded and um, it looks amazing. There are already multiple adventures unlocked and then um, you know, great art, great adventure. Join us in playing the after because it's one of the one of the good ones, guys. So, with that, we will see you guys in two weeks, same bat time. Uh, maybe next uh, two weeks from now, Tuesday night. So, cheers. Have a good one. Thanks again. <laughs> <laughs>